0: hey what's going on welcome to our very first episode of in science we trust So that is the name of our very first podcast episode ever name is miguel very nice to be here
1: my name is allison the last name is a privilege
0: <laughs> and a privilege indeed it is so just first off letting you know as a disclaimer there is a lot of information that we are talking about here in the title i know it's called the good and the bad and the reaction so in case you haven't guessed we're actually going to be talking about nuclear fission and all that nuclear stuff that goes along with it
1: what a great first topic right nuclear reaction and what goes behind it did you know people go to school for that what
0: you don't say i got
1: reminded of it when i started reading the first sentence of a wikipedia article it was bad it's like <laughs> i hadn't even gone to college so bad
0: <laughs> and here i honestly thought we were just going to be like homer simpson just walking into a power plant and boom we got a job how
1: do you do it i just kept going back to all these old episodes i'm like everyone's alive because it's a cartoon
0: not because he knows what he's doing pretty much
1: <laughs> i feel like that really competent guy who came in and he just saw homer like Just somehow live his wonderful life, and his life was just trash from day one. Oh, Frank Grimes! And then that dude just... She just leaves this world very
0: upset. Honestly, I feel like we're all a little bit Frank Grimes in that case. Yeah. If you went to college, and then you see somebody else with your degree get your dream job... And do the job he was doing. Pretty much. So, going into this episode, you know, we are not scientists. We're not science majors. We are just... Pretty much nerds who do like science and enjoy the field and the study behind it.
1: I enjoy the culture impact because that I could write. I can write. I can't understand science, <laughs> at least the practicality of it, the math behind it. But I can write about it. I can think about how it has affected us, and that's why I like the idea of this science because I wanted an excuse to understand the science a little better, so I could then accurately say why science is both really necessary, why how it's been applied is really frustrating. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the idea behind this podcast. Nuclear energy, fission, power, bombs came to me just because it's it's not our present fear. But it was just a few decades ago where it was like how much the zeitgeist has changed. That's not our concern that that's not the concern right now. Russia's back in the news, but not for that reason. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But just, you know, we're going to talk about the sins and the good of what came after all that and how I think it's still an issue.
0: Yeah. The first thing that we wanted to touch on in this case is
1: let's describe what the science behind a little bit in our own words. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you hear atom bomb. You think of that like swirly pattern around that one circular atom, but what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. And I guess the first thing we should go over is the power behind it, the literal power behind it. Right. Uh, nuclear fission was discovered, in, not this, yeah, discovered is a better way to put it, in the 1930s by German scientists. They observed in nature the nucleus of an atom splitting. Now, the nucleus of an atom would be different from, say, one of an animal or a human, that contains genetic material. But in this case, an atom is basically what all matter is made of. Mm -hmm. But it has a nucleus because it itself needs mass. It needs a central core. If that central core is split, that releases energy. Around a few years later, they will discover that humans can manipulate that energy. Mm -hmm. They can create what's called a chain reaction, a nuclear chain reaction. Mm -hmm. That science developed pretty quickly because it's in the 1930s. Think about it. German scientists discovering this like in the mid-30s. What else is going on in the mid-30s in Germany? The rise of Nazi Germany. Mm -hmm. And that science still really quickly because by 1938, they were already really worried about the Germans getting that, what they can do with that power. Oh yeah. Now they can develop that chain reaction.
0: Pretty much around that time, Einstein was saying, hey, all this stuff is going on in Germany. They might be getting pretty close to weaponizing the atom. They were pretty much almost getting to that point where we need to do something.
1: By this time, he was already in, uh, in the United States. And this his worry was shared by a lot of uh, refugee scientists as well from Germany and pretty much Austria-Hungary. Any of those states that were kind of swallowed up by the Nazi war engine, basically, at that point.
0: Obviously, he felt the pressure going on because he's like, you know what? There's all this stuff, all this chaotic stuff that's happening. We need to do something. We need to be the first ones to figure out how to weaponize the atom. In order to end this war because if we don't do something soon germany is going to be the one to figure out how to use that against us and it's going to be so much worse so einstein uses influence in order to get a message over to president roosevelt
1: yeah basically he he wrote the letter and signed it like when i actually first started this podcast i had a mistaken assumption again from stories you kind of hear like in school and just pop culture that Einstein had a lot more to do with the creation of the said atom bomb but his contribution was also was much simpler than that, but also really complicated. Hmm. He drafted a letter using his influence along with other German or refugee scientists saying America needs to develop these first, before the Germans. That was what allowed it to get to the White House. Because you could imagine, everyone wants to tell the president something during wartime. Mm-hmm. So he had to use his influence, Einstein, already well known by then, to get a letter to the White House that Roosevelt would
0: actually personally see. That ended up happening. It kind of just chain reaction after that was like oh here we got the letter okay i guess we're gonna start weaponizing everything the manhattan project the manhattan project yes. that's what it was so that's pretty much what came to fruition so the manhattan project was a good number of scientists that ended up studying the science behind the atoms and how to weaponize it and eventually we did i believe it was four different bombs that we ended up manufacturing one of them we didn't use and then one of them we used on what was it, Nagasaki, and then the other one was Hiroshima. Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. So we pretty much ended up using that to end the war. Uh, granted, it costed a ton of lives. Hundreds and thousands of people were killed because of it.
1: The death toll is interesting because, well, of course it was high. They were doing traditional uh, firebombing. The U.S. the 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 Pacific Theater quote mm. the part of the U.S. Army that was out in Japan or on the shores of Japan. I was reading that their firebombing was basically targeted to whole cities because apparently how the Japanese manufacturing was going, it wasn't a warehouse. It was every home in Japan was doing something for the war effort, Mm. making a part to then add to some sort of uh, military equipment or plane or something of that nature. Mm. So it was actually spread out. So they couldn't just bomb one factory and say, job well done. Mm -hmm. It was spread out over the city. So what the U.S. were doing at this point was firebombing whole blocks of people.
0: Wow. And the death
1: toll was actually higher combined by the end of the war firebombing than it was with the item bomb, basically.
0: That explains why so many people were killed. Because I always thought it was weird that they had just, they dropped this catastrophic bomb into one little section. It seemed like (sighs) overkill to me.
1: It is. And it's a big um, counterpoint to the whole, well, if we hadn't dropped those bombs, this war would have dragged on for years. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, that evidence saying no, because we were so efficient at just destroying with just fire bombs. You do have to wonder why the nuclear bomb had to be brought in. When they were blockading Japan, so resources were low, that itself would diminish a lot. The fire bombing apparently was really successful, unfortunately. Plenty of civilians' lives lost, so you do have to wonder why they brought that in. Some military leaders were for it, but I was surprised at reading a lot of them were advising President Truman because Roosevelt died and then Truman took over, mm-hmm. basically telling him that that wasn't necessary. It wasn't. yeah, Because, it, again, this bomb had never been dropped before. They weren't sure what could happen. They didn't know it would be a success. It could go wrong mid-flight. Mm-hmm. And they're just saying it didn't need to be necessary. Like, even if Japan was not surrendering, they could see it on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And honestly, from what I read, that Japan was think they might have missed the window by a couple of days on a surrender oh yeah they were waiting for what the soviet union was going to do but those two days they decided to drop the bombs and it was to me i mean this is the opinion time i guess that it was a show of it wasn't a show of force so much as it was installation of fear in everyone
0: pretty much i mean that's kind of how we ended it it was like oh okay so we can pretty much drop these on you anytime that we want and there's nothing you can really do about it
1: and we're the only ones who can make them and it's not, of course, as you would know about an atom bomb, it's not just the magnitude of the explosion. It's that that place is not habitable for years afterward. And the effects afterward, all the cancers that came after, the people who did manage to survive. And, I mean, you can you can live now there. The, it goes away, but just the effects you could have after.
0: Yeah. And there's other places like that too, right? I think we were talking about this earlier with um, that one nuclear reactor in, UK, in the UK. <sighs>
1: Some of the parts in Russia now are, have descended to civil war to the point where I did read an article about a family who has basically moved back to the outer, the exclusion zone that rings Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, Chernobyl was the point of probably the worst nuclear energy plant disaster. Mm-hmm. Basically, the coolant, which is keeping the nuclear, the nuclear reaction from overreacting, didn't work. So it, it just throws toxins into the air. And that whole place becomes uninhabitable for quite some time. And they're still not quite sure because there's a big s- shroud of secrecy around that. Yeah. But people are moving back because apparently no one else will. But the Civil War has gone so bad in some places for government oppression that they'll move to that little exclusion zone outside of Chernobyl.
0: Which is still dangerous because even though there's a very low risk of radioactivity, there was still a meltdown. There's still radioactivity in that area.
1: Uh, they've measured it, but it's not quite quantifiable because it's just marked exclusion zone. Mm-hmm. That's that's the effect that they're taking. That's effectively as much as a job as they're going to do. Nuclear energy and obviously the power plants that produce them, like it, if without the catastrophic meltdown or that, it's actually pretty safe. It doesn't... It has comparable... Um, greenhouse gas emissions to other sources of renewable energy. So without the really dangerous nuclear reactions and the nuclear waste that it develops, nuclear energy would be the solution to a lot of problems.
0: Yeah. The only downside too is that there's really no longevity for it. As far as I know, there's a particular element when it comes to nuclear fusion. We artificially manufacture that's not in our atmosphere. So because of that, there's only a longevity of about 200 plus years for nuclear activity to be beneficial to us. Otherwise, we're going to run out and we can't really produce it anymore.
1: Now, we do have to manufacture it. See, what the Manhattan Project did was make, was be able to create a nuclear reaction. You can't, that needs sophisticated tech, aka the nuclear reactor. Mm-hmm. What material are we running out of that we can only process it for the next 200 years? Do you remember? Google the says. The sun. <laughs> yeah, we're running out of that.
0: Um, is it atoms split? No. No,
1: atoms are infinite because it's matter.
0: Yeah. Oh, uranium. That was it.
1: Oh, so we only have so much reserves of uranium to Mm -hmm. create the reaction.
0: That's it.
1: Yeah, that's that's coming up.
0: There's not really a whole lot of longevity for it. It's pretty much just a temporary solution to using unlimited sources of energy. So that's definitely a positive in that case. But there are a lot of other harmful effects. Of course, you know, exposure to radiation is still really bad for humanity. Um, It could kill a lot of the land. And livestock pretty much stays there for long periods of time. Well, I mean, the biggest drawback, too, of course, is that there's a lot of nuclear waste that is pretty much uh, toxic. So we always have to be very careful and dispose of it as best as we can. Usually it's, uh, you know, putting it in trenches or separating it from anything else so that it doesn't pollute the area.
1: The only problem is like it can't just be dirt. It's got to be like just hundreds of pounds of cement to seal mm-hmm. it in because they can't escape into the ground. That's just as bad as just leaving it outside basically. Nothing yep. can grow there. Now, Chernobyl's the worst. Three Mile Island is the one that might also come to mind. Obviously, it was the United States one. Um, basically, from what I could understand, uh, they might have released the coolant too soon. You use water, simple water, to stop a nuclear reaction. Nuclear action is heat. Just pour a bunch of water on it. Sounds like the valve didn't do its job. The water ends too soon and excess emissions go into the air. Now, Three Mile Island does not have an exclusion zone. It's still safe to live around there. Uh, Studies have shown there hasn't been a cancer increase. Three Mile Island is just, it's basically the poster boy for if this had gone any more wrong. Apparently, it's still going, though apparently it will finally be shut down, Three Mile Island, by 2019, because apparently natural gas has taken over.
0: Oh. So shutting
1: down, I guess, Unit 2, which is the one I melted down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If things ran as normal, just buyouts and everything, and finally natural gas is going to replace it.
0: I mean, that's probably for the best. If
1: we could get rid, well, basically, if we could find a way to dispose of nuclear waste. That might make it better
0: well there's actually um like i was mentioning earlier but basically there's a place over there's this other trench that we've been working on and we've been digging into people have dug up humongous trenches and it's basically like a giant cavern and they've brought a lot of nuclear waste into the area and made holes inside of this cavern dug up holes inside of the walls and Put the waste bins inside of those walls and cover them with cement. That way nobody is ever able to access the nuclear waste that's in there. And it's really interesting too because they've also created a message in the future for future people who try to enter this little area and like go spelunking in there. They've set up a warning pretty much saying like oh you really shouldn't go in here it's pretty dangerous there's nothing of interest here it's literally just toxic waste it's a
1: good idea but a let's say overnight everyone can run on nuclear power that waste we can't just all bury in the ground yeah second man can you imagine the local county that like hey, let's vote. Do you want nuclear waste buried in your backyard? And, uh, you could tell people it's safe, that there's a negative percent chance that it's going to leak, and you still wouldn't get the votes you need. Mm-hmm. You and I would be nervous.
0: I don't think I really want nuclear waste being around, like, my neighborhood park or anything like that.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, I was impressed to find out nuclear energy is pretty clean, barring the waste mm-hmm. and any potential catastrophes. But I'm in California. that no, we don't have solar panels, and everything's really frustrating. Yep. So I'd rather try solar first. The sun will kill you in a few million years. No, Mm -hmm. billion years. So So at
0: least there's a lot more longevity to that than nuclear energy.
1: And those two are man-made. So those were the interesting ones for me. A, they're famous. Two, those are man-made. The Fukushima power plant, nuclear power plant, was completely because of Mother Nature. Mm -hmm. Um, The earthquake in 2011 in Japan that caused not only earthquake damage and then caused a tsunami. Right. All that basically led to... The Fukushima power plant, it shut down correctly. It was operating correctly and doing what it needed to. Unfortunately, the earthquake and the tsunami damaged the ability for it to cool itself, causing three nuclear meltdowns. All three of its units went down, mm. which is why it was so shocking. Obviously, there was a mass evacuation of those areas. And believe it or not, they have been cleaned up. And even more interesting is that Japan is... Ha- the Japanese government having trouble convincing people to go back. Mm. Um... There is this city called Nami, and that was evacuated. It's been cleaned up for several years now. It's safe to go back, and they're having trouble finding people to live there.
0: I mean, I would imagine, too, if there was a nuclear reactor that kind of just kaputted, it would be a little hard to convince people, like, hey, you should come back here.
1: Yeah, even though it's been cleaned up, but there wasn't anyone's fault. Everything was working as intended, but that earthquake and tsunami were pretty powerful, but no one's going to go live back there.
0: Right? Yeah, and that's the other tough thing, too, about nuclear reactors is that Even if you take a lot of safety precautions, one wrong move or one natural disaster can really mess up the entire section and put a lot of lives at risk. So that's definitely a big drawback with nuclear power. I would say that even though there's a good chunk of negative aspects to it, there's definitely some good. I mean, look at, I mean, we have x-rays and CAT scans and all that kind of stuff because of nuclear fusion and nuclear energy.
1: That tech was interesting because that x-ray tech started very late 1800s, turn of 1900s. uh, Marie Curie, um, she started that tech. But they were limited by the amount of power that an x-ray could have. Mm. Because the science behind nuclear fission to create that radioactivity was not yet fully understood. But after the 1930s, the war, the Manhattan Project, they were finally able to develop strong enough rays to A, access tumors that were deeper into your body, Two, they're more focused, so they're just not washing your radiation because they had finally learned, yeah, that stuff shouldn't just wash over your body. Mm-hmm. And third, it was somewhat more accessible financially because before it had to be private universities, one ray and certain universities around the world. Not everyone could afford it. Oh, and with that, with the nuclear reactor, it became more affordable, of course not so much that everyone can get it unfortunately yeah if you happen to live in this cesspool but <laughs> of a country but i mean true so that's a good thing that came out of it because well not all cancer can be cured by a uh, surgery and apparently even if you've had surgery you should probably still get some chemotherapy
0: yeah that pretty much wraps up uh the information that we have about you the pros and the cons all the good and the bad aspects of nuclear fusion and nuclear energy in that sense what do you think in your opinion do you think it was a good thing that we ended up discovering all of this a bad thing
1: well actually we were starting with that was it a good thing or bad thing that science ever came to light because science is not just manipulating something it's also about discovery of how it works and then, yes, then there's this human intervention. How can we make it work for our benefit? Or, and, and that, that benefit, human benefit, is very twisted. How can we end the war on our terms? But how can also, can we help people with this tech? And it's hard to say. I don't want to say it's good or bad, because unfortunately, just like in this situation, if if the Americans hadn't done it, Germany would have done it. Mm-hmm. And will we be here? I don't think so. No. So someone would have figured it out, and someone would have used it. So with science, it almost becomes to me like, who's going to do it first and is going to be someone we can trust
0: that's true i feel like it was one of those things that was bound to be discovered eventually i kind of glad we did because as much negative aspects as there is to it that we've had over history i mean there's definitely some good that has come out of it aside from all the drawbacks that nuclear energy does have there are some positives that come around to it i mean we have a lot of untapped um, potential with nuclear energy granted it's still not a longevity aspect that we have to it you know only 200 plus years but a lot of good has come out of it in that sense um we ended up finding cool medical benefits to it too which i didn't think that would be possible so that's definitely a good aspect to it
1: yeah because there haven't what they're doing now i hear with cancer treatment is trying to make it more focused instead of it to just kill the cells that are malignant not mm-hmm. the organ basically because that's the problem you know it's very laser focused now but even then it still really does a toll on the body yeah. you're shooting radiotherapy at or you know you're shooting radioactivity at it and i guess to end this einstein was a pacifist even back even when he drafted that letter to help draft that letter to Roosevelt, and. He would be on record saying it was a it was a a regret of his because of what he ended up doing with it. But then he said but it was either this or the something to the not exact quoting, but it was either this or the Germans. It was either the Nazis, or not really the Germans, but the Nazis getting hold of it. And obviously what they were gonna do with it was very clear. Or the Americans who he wasn't basically Americans who said we won't at least do that.
0: Mhm. So in the end it was one of those he was caught between a rock and a hard place. He had to make a tough decision. In the end, it did end up changing the course of history. But, I mean, here we are. And that's pretty much what well, what happened.
1: <laughs> all that reading, and I'm still not like convinced if it was a good or bad thing. But I guess I have to stop thinking about it like that.
0: No. But. Maybe we could leave it as ambiguously gray. There's some good that came out of it. There's some bad that came out of it. That'll it, be
1: a theme with all the things we're hitting. It's really gray. Yeah. It just is
0: so we'll pretty much leave it up for you guys to decide thank you very much for tuning into our show we hope you enjoyed it tune in for our next episode where well i think it's about combustible energy combustible energy yes so fossil
1: fuel usage which is i think that's what we're going with
0: pretty much so tune in to our next episode we'll be talking about combustible engines and fossil fuels right
1: What's nice about this is that we have a captive audience.
0: Oh, totally. I mean, you could tell they're just going wild in the crowd over there.
1: Well, no, they they literally have to sit there and listen to this.
0: Oh, that's true. (laughs)
1: Finally, someone's going to listen to me.
0: Hooray. (laughs) All my egotistical dreams are finally coming true.
1: Ever so cheap.
0: (laughs) Thanks, and we will see you next time.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Bye.